Welcome to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we talk about all things fangirl. For this last season, we've been reading Midnight Sun. Two more episodes, y'all! Yay! If you don't know by now, why are you here? (laughs) But we're... um, We love having you here, but why? (laughs) Yeah, go to episode one if you don't know. Honestly, you can start from here. You can start from here? Yeah, quality is a little bit better. (laughs) Conversation, I'm not so sure yet. No. (laughs) Episode 15 is the time to start reading or listening to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast when we're on chapter 28 and 29 of Midnight Sun. 14 and putting that out. No, it's 15. Oh, this is episode 15? (laughs) Yeah, we did 14 last night. Welcome to episode 15 of the Let's Call It Nothing (laughs) podcast where we discuss all things fangirl. (laughs) We apologize for our voices right now. Mm -hmm. We had a wild night of podcasting. Yes. And watching uh, Life and Forks. Wait, destination forks yes and i woke up and i could not talk or breathe and then i decided after being perfectly fine to talk and breathe that i was going to (laughs) read the greatest book of all time yes i i believe it could be an unfinished masterpiece yes um one of 10 years in the making 10 years in the making one of caitlin's books it's definitely one of my favorites and i'm all i'm always all about it Um, every time i read it yeah it's it's a piece of work, all right. <laughs> I like it. I just don't know where it's going. Yeah. I know how it ends, but I don't know where it's going. Yeah. The middle is kind of hazy. <laughs> the middle's very hazy. <laughs> There's no plot. <laughs> no plot in the middle. It's like a four book series. Yeah. So like books two and three are just question marks. Book three, I like, I kind of know. Mm-hmm. Mostly like character stuff that happens. An overall general plot, like I kind of know. Book two, we don't know. It's just really, it's a good like bridge book. Yeah. Which book twos usually are. Just yeah. putting them out there. Sequels are. Anyway. That's why we can't talk right now. Yeah, that's why we can't talk right now. And if you hear clacking, it's mine and Caitlin's uh, cough drops because I've been reading for an hour, like live reading. Mm. So chapter 28 is three conversations. We are in the hospital. Yes. We made it. Mm-hmm. Bella is saved. Um, yeah. After reading this, I was like, wait, what were the three conversations? Honestly, I, was, I cannot remember. A lot, a lot happened. I was literally yeah. just thinking that. What were the three conversations? So apparently I didn't add in what the chapters were. So I'm going to steal Caitlin's Twilight book. Okay. So this one's an impasse. I knew that was the name of the chapter, but I thought it was the Midnight Sun. So these, these two chapters are an impasse then. Yeah. Because she's not awake during I think this whole chapter yeah most of it yeah I don't think she wakes up until I thought she woke up at the very end so it's the next chapter that's an impasse yeah yeah but while she's asleep these are the conversations that are happening okay so three conversations is a standalone chapter I did all that nothing once in the hospital Carlisle basically Carlisle's got friends in all kinds of places he does which makes sense yeah yeah but I was like how does he know this man I love how the other doctor was like you don't look like you've aged at all the last 15 years and he's and and Edward's like yeah the doctor's thinking that he must have had some 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 stuff surgery (laughs) but yeah Carlisle's friend treats Bella and he asked Carlisle to look at a few undiagnosed patients and we we discover that Carlisle is an amazing diagnostician. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, maybe from 100 years of experience, experience. is what I put. Yes. But I don't know if, like, he is officially a diagnostician or if they just is, like, you're a really good diagnostician. 
Can mm-hmm. you see if you can treat? I love how like Carlisle's just itching to like go about and see mm-hmm. patients and stuff, or he's just like on edge. But he's like, "Oh, Edward, yeah, I'll be there for you and Bella. I'll be mm-hmm. right here." But at the same it's time, he's not like, there the rest of the. I need to chapter. go. I need to go help people. I have to help people. It's an innate need. Literally, is not there the rest of the so chapter. So we we were watching <laughs> Destination Forks last night, which if you haven't watched that, it is something a serious it's not something. Really something you need to watch. No, no. it's not. I have to say. Well, the last 30 Maybe minutes. 10 years ago. The last 30 minutes is just scenery. It's just scenery of yeah. forks. And I mean, like, you're sitting here watching and you're just like, this is a cash grab. This is a cash grab. And I mean, kudos to the people in Forks that were like, yes, this is going to be the established Cullen house. This is going to be the Oh, Jacob- I love them. The lady at Jacob's house was like, yeah, no vampires passed this line. Yeah, this is Jacob's house. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, they're totally like just doing it for the money. Oh, yeah. They've never read the books, never seen the movies, mm-hmm. but they know what they need to know yeah and like i think with her i think it's like a family farmhouse yeah it was yeah. i appreciate that they went so far as to do all that to get some money off these tryhards because let me tell you these girls were something nuts like i really wonder if they'd look back at this and they're like wow what a time uh, yeah that's what i was saying last night that I, I wonder how many of them look back and cringe so hard they're like why yeah. did i agree to that but also it was kind of funny because there was one this one woman is bragging about how many people listen to her podcast (laughs) oh shut up Kayla's like it sounds like you're jealous and I'm like I am are we jealous here yes I am I am yes that's what happens when you make a Twilight podcast Mm -hmm. in 2010 you get 60,000 followers which she talks about all the time people were more invested in the fandom back then it had nothing to do with the movies no also let's just put it out there somebody was like oh my god robert pattinson is just so easy on the eyes i'm not gonna say what i said (laughs) but i strongly disagreed and i knew from a very young age i don't think i'll ever forget what you said (laughs) that robert pattinson was not it for me he was not the man of my dreams and i did not understand how anybody thought he was ever perfect looking i got on the destination forks thing to talk about the forks hospital which is like super small so he wouldn't be a diagnostician there but I wonder like if sometimes he does venture out into other branches of like mm-hmm. medical field. Yeah. Which I mean I would I would do if I were bored. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Edward is being a bit overdramatic again. <laughs> <laughs> After the doctors are confident that Bella is okay and he's still like that's my life. That's my love. That's my girl. He was even agitated with the smell of others blood in her body. Because of her transfusion. Yeah. He's like that's not the right scent. The whole phone call with Carlisle and Charlie. Mm-hmm. Any interaction that Carlella has with someone else I'm like, they need to be best friends. <laughs> With Charlie and Carla, I'm like, you need to be best friends, y'all. Like, talk shop. See, I think it's funny, though, because, like, I feel with Charlie, like, Charlie really likes Carlisle. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but he's like, man, he's awesome. Yeah. I think he's got a little bro crush. I don't blame him. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I mean, I would, too. They talk about the story Edward and Bella made up about what happened, because, like, Charlie is still confused at this point. And like, he's all he knows at this point is that... His daughter left, and what he overheard about her leaving had to do with like she doesn't want to be in Forks anymore. She hates it there. Her and Edward's not going to work out, and everything like that's what he knows. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, oh, Carlisle and Edward are down in Phoenix with Bella. Bella's in the hospital. Happy 
confused too. I gotta yeah. say. Which Carlisle explains it as Edward was so distraught about her leaving and just like had to make everything okay. So he convinced him to drive down to Phoenix. From a teenage parent point of view, yeah. sounds a little. If I'm Charlie and I'm just thinking this is a regular 17 year old boy and his adoptive father, I'd be like, really? Huh? You convinced him to do that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That's odd, but okay. Like, I'd be confused. I could be wrong, but I don't think my parents would ever travel like that. No. For not if I'm like 17 and claiming I'm in love. Yeah. No. It's very strange. But Renee and Charlie like really figure out that the Cullens are just so much more, I guess, invested in Bella and Edward's relationship than they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they are because they know other cir- circumstances, but their understanding of it is just very different from Charlie and Renee's. And that may be due to Charlie and Renee falling in love really young and it not working out and them being like, why are you so invested in this? Like, yeah. This is yeah. only going to end one way. They the Cullens being like, oh, but we know about forever. Yeah. That's what we know. I guess it's just the difference in dynamics, yeah. like how you view love and everything. Mm-hmm. Cause like I've been going on, like my grandparents were like deeply in love. My parents were deeply in love. So like I see things differently than most people, like divorce and how quickly you give up on things and stuff like that. So I can get that. With that being said, I understand marriage is hard and I can't blame anybody for their choices. But yeah, I find it interesting how different people's views on that is. So we meet, or Edward meets Bella's mother. Her entrance. Whose thoughts are super loud, and I've no, been waiting to get he's to this literally point. like, who's screaming in the hallway? No, and he's no. like, oh, that's not out loud. <laughs> Whose thoughts are screaming in the hallway? It's, it's just fascinating that Bella's mom is a complete, open, screaming, loud book, and then her dad's like, ah, halfway shut. <laughs> it leads to this really just odd combination. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, I don't remember specifically Breaking Dawn when, you know, Bella's a vampire, and she has her shield thing, and she lets it down. Mm-hmm. I feel like Edward said something about her thoughts being kind of loud at that point, and so, like, being more streamlined, like, Renee's mm-hmm. as opposed to closed off like Charlie's. Well, if you think about it, Renee's powers are very similar to mm-hmm. Renee because I mean, like, she can literally give her thoughts yeah, to people. project yeah. her thoughts. That's interesting. Stephanie, go girl. Yeah. Interesting. That's the word you're getting for the day. They talk about what happened um, to Bella, then Renee goes to sleep. I got some notes about Renee, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get there. I could go on a full oh, I have, like, rant. four notes about her. Edward goes to call. Alice about the video, but she was already there. Alice. Yeah, let's talk about Renee first before we get in. I have them for after Bella wakes up. So, obviously, earlier on, not a huge fan of Renee because she never really like cared for her daughter in the way that I felt her daughter needed to be cared for like as a parent how you should care for your child I did not agree with some of the decisions that Renee made leaving Charlie in the dust I just did not like you know I think Edward was kind of in the same boat where he's like who would leave these people like this or like who would abandon Bella Mm -hmm. like this Um, and then he meets Renee and she has this personality Mm -hmm. where he's like oh that's where Bella gets it from no one can say no to Bella he said that before Mm -hmm. and he kind of gets the vibe like no one can say no to Renee either. Yeah. And that's kind of like how she has gotten to this point where she is and where she can kind of just get away with stuff. Yeah. And he like kind of understands that. Um. Also, I mentioned how he says that Renee looks so young, how like surely her and Bella are mistaken for sisters all the time. And later on, he talks about if he uh, and Bella stay together in whatever way or don't stay together and Bella grows old, he hopes that she would age 
like her mother, where aging very gracefully and looking young for a long time. And then also, whenever he mentioned how Renee would be as a vampire, I was like, that's a fun concept. Just be wild. And then he says about Renee's blood that it's too sweet. Bella's is sweet, but the scent of Renee's blood, that's just too sweet. He's never commented on Charlie's blood, has he? I guess um, Charlie's is normal. Yeah. So that's what downgrades Bella's blood uh-huh. to sweet. One quote, Renee quotes, while her and Edward are talking, and she says on the on page 602 about, let's see, well, Edward apologizes, like, for all this happening and everything, and she's like, oh, it's not your fault, Edward. Charlie did tell me some of the story, but he was confused about how all this happened. And uh, Renee says, that's my fault. I think I messed up, or I think I messed my girl up. For her to run away because she cares about you, that's all on me. And I was like, oh, Renee's getting some perspective right now like she knows she messed up and she knows she's kind of up her daughter in this way Mm -hmm. like she knows but she's also kind of accepted it too yeah she doesn't try to fix it bella or charlie or anyone else involved has accepted it she has accepted it have you had these conversations with them have you about yes i'm sorry for doing this because at this point she hasn't Mm -mm, no she herself has accepted it yeah and i'm like no it's not just you involved though which is why i still got some beef with her i just think she does give two about how she affects others she understands it it's like kind of worse than a psychopath well, i guess it's that because she probably doesn't realize until like after everything's already happened she's like oh we all know people like that where they're not doing it to be malicious they're not doing it to be these horrible people mm-hmm. but in a way like they do think the world revolves around them and not in like a self-absorbed way they just think that's how it is yeah they don't realize the pain they're causing other people and they're like when they make a mistake and they're dealing with it internally they figure out how to forgive themselves for it yeah but they don't really understand the consequences that it has on other people mm-hmm she's one of those people and i just want to throw that out throw it out there that like when bella dies in breaking dawn and she has no idea that she's the type of person that's gonna just be like of course you lose your child you're gonna be upset you're gonna be distraught but i feel like she's also the type of person that's gonna be like attention seeking with that i was just picturing that as you were talking about it like i've had people whose people have died that i was never close to them and some of it makes sense like one person in particular I think like when she sees me, she cries because she associates me with the person that she lost. But I've had uh, my bus driver who hated me as a child. Like I saw her out in public one time after her husband had died and like she just started crying and like grabbed me up and hugged me. And she's like, I just have hard days. And I'm like, okay. So I don't know. I kind of see that with Renee. Her trying to like get some sympathy. Yeah. Attention. Which I mean. Once again, it's her world. Yeah. Everyone else is just living in it. I'm just, I may be callous. Like I said, I'm not a sensitive person. I'm not a crier. I'm not one of those. But I just, I find it weird mm-hmm. that, that that happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm not dissing anybody for the grieving process. I want to put that out there. But I feel like Renee would be that person that like took it to an extreme mm-hmm. like that. I think uh, having Renee be that kind of character though. Like I like, cause I like a good old flogged character. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have everyone being the perfect parent. Yeah. And it really just has made Bella the way that she is and her seek out the Cullens as her found family and everything. Mm-hmm. Which being said, there's a lot of absent parents in books and mm-hmm. I don't find Renee absent. And I think she loves her daughter. She's just... She's just absent-minded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she, Charlie just doesn't know what to do. Yeah, because he's never really had to deal with Bella before. Well, not for longer than a few weeks anyway. Yeah. And then Bella doesn't lean on either of them for anything. So Mm -hmm. when she decides to like abandon that world, it's an easier decision. Mm -hmm. Which I'm glad she tells Charlie. That's like. What a moment. We love Charlie. We're going to do the fan cast in the next episode and just be aware. I don't think I could find another Charlie. Oh, I did not fan cast Charlie. You know why? Because the Charlie they had in the movie was perfect. Yes. He was perfect. A plus. Don't change. We love you. Edward goes to call Alice about the video, but she was already there. Alice very reluctantly lets him have it, and he leaves to go watch it, watch the video. Like, she knows what's going to happen. She's like, you really don't have to do this, but mm-hmm. she, like, gives it to him, not wanting, and he says he unwillingly takes it. Like, he doesn't want to do it, but he has to. And I gotta say, when it comes to the video... <laughs> I guess I forgot about all this. And over the years, I've just pictured James being like, not very smart, mm-hmm. not very like sadistic as a villain. Yeah. But he is. He really is. Like Edward says it, like he made this video, not for Bella, not for himself, but for Edward to see. Yeah. Like that, that's sadistic. It like, is. Ooh, I think. Blue of plane, so he's <laughs> kind of smart. I think he's like not really portrayed as so sadistic because of the movie. He He's yeah. so fleeting in the movie that it, that's why it's not seen that so, way. But James, a much better villain. Which I also don't mind who they have for James in the movie. Yeah. I like him as a person too, or as a actor I should say I don't know him personally it begins with James addressing him and then cuts to Bella running in the room he then proceeds to show him taunting her and tells her about Alice being the only one that ever got away from him at that part I had completely forgotten everything you know and I was like oh Alice and James what I didn't forget I pretty much I mean, it like slowly came back yeah. to me as mm-hmm. we went on and I was like oh I knew that at some point in my life. I just love in this part how confused James gets because Bella doesn't have the normal reactions a Mm -hmm. human would have, you know, in that situation. I love that he's so confused by that. And see, um, with the whole Alice thing, it's really weird. Okay, so this is the second time, I think I brought it up in uh, the last week's episode, that James sensed Edward's abilities. But then, if you remember back to the baseball scene and everything, Jasper was hot trying to camouflage him and Alice Mm -hmm. the entire time. And he didn't see Jasper, but he somehow managed to see Alice. And it didn't alert him in any way. I'm so confused on that. That whole scene situation. So he figured out uh, Edward's abilities, but he saw Alice even though Jasper was camouflaging the both of them. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe his tracker abilities are better, or maybe he saw her at a different time somehow. Okay, but with that being said, um, he proceeds to torture her when the video was over. Edward crushes the camera, physically crushes. Into dust. Into dust. And then he takes the bottle cap he had been saving since their, like, first 
first friend friendly conversation and proceeds to crush that too because he doesn't deserve a physical link to her anymore and, and he prays yes and that's, that's interesting yes he says he doesn't pray to his god because he yeah. doesn't really have a god that's i'm gonna i have the quote right here because yeah, i love it it says i didn't pray to my god i'd always instinctively known that there were no de- there were no deity for my kind it made no sense for immortals to have a god we had taken ourselves out of the any god's power instead i prayed to her god because if there was some higher benevolent power in her universe then surely he or she or it would have to be concerned about the bravest and kindest daughter if not there was really no purpose to any such entity i had to believe she mattered to that distant god if one existed at all and he prays for the strength to leave her oh my gosh my little heart could not take this as much I've given Bella and Edward. My little heart was like, he, he's going to promise her forever and just snatch it right back. Yeah, no, he promises several she times. doesn't see it coming. And, you know, obviously we read the whole Twilight series first from Bella's perspective. She doesn't see it coming. Mm-mm. And he has known it was coming for so long at that point. Yeah. He just didn't have the heart mm-hmm. to tell her. And he was kind of just waiting it out. You think he was like waiting for something bad to happen mm-hmm. to be the reason to leave her? Not the reason, but to be like finally he well i can tell her he prays for the strength to leave her and then in the next chapter he's like he kind of hints about it and Mm -hmm. then like she freaks out and it you know boosts her heart rate and she's like she's really weak at this point and he's like i can't leave her right now she wouldn't Mm -hmm. you know i think if you were gonna end up leaving her anyway like if that was your plan maybe you should have started pulling back just a little bit at a time Uh, yeah i mean i know that was impossible for him and impossible for her Mm -hmm. but if he would have tried just a little bit because I feel like he doesn't try. Yeah, he doesn't. He definitely doesn't. That's the end of chapter 28, Three Conversations. Sorry, I was looking back this whole time at where you were talking about James C. and Alice, and I don't know if that happens. It doesn't register at the baseball game, like, at all. He doesn't say anything mentally that Edward picks up on. Well, no, he still skims over Jasper and Alice, because Jasper is still... But he doesn't, like, look at Alice and be like, oh, yeah, her. Yeah, there's no recognition. That's what I'm saying, because Jasper is still camouflaging the two of them. But then he later is like, I know of Alice being in the coven and all this stuff. So maybe just figured it out. Victoria gave him some intel. I don't know. Well, they also yeah. split up later and Jasper's not camouflaging them. So he, James is out there running around all over Forks. So, I mean, he could have seen them another or time. maybe like it finally registered afterwards, like after he was away from the Cullens being like, wait, mm-hmm. she was there. Yeah. Wait a second. I'm not going to consider that a plot hole. I'm just going to consider it some questions yeah i didn't think it was a plot hole i just found it strange like i didn't know if it was because of his abilities or i would have never thought about that unless you brought it up you know most of them special abilities it doesn't like list things like Mm -hmm. carlisle's caringness for you know humans and stuff that's not listed Mm -hmm. but with him the tracking ability is a special ability so it's got to be like paranormal or not paranormal but you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. psychic ish that was all of chapter 28 i don't know about james 
seems at all. It's all right. He's dead. His abilities are very strange to me. Yeah, he's dead. He is dead. We don't care about him anymore. He was a fun one book villain. He was. Victoria builds. I do. I do yeah. like her. Hello, good build up. Yeah. Chapter 29 is inevi- inevitability. <laughs> That's such a hard word to say. I have to. Usually I can it. say it. Inevitability. 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 Reminds me of Wait for It from Hamilton. I am inimitable. I am an original. I was always like, I'm inimitable. I still can't say it right. No. <laughs> I think words just, um, I had speech therapy as a kid and I just don't know if some words just ever like really are okay to form. I don't even remember what letters I had to cover in speech therapy. I really don't. I think S was one of them. I don't remember it any was of the other. kindergarten. So <laughs> yeah. I really don't know. Apparently, as a child in kindergarten, I talked with a baby voice. For attention. For attention. <laughs> and so they That's pushed my prediction. <laughs> You're right. That's what happened. They uh, put me in speech because they thought I had speech issues. And then when... You're like, actually, I can talk. <laughs> and so, like, the speech therapist was, like, working with me. And she was like, okay. She had me doing tongue twisters by the end. I can do tongue twisters really well now mm-hmm. because I didn't need speech therapy at all <laughs> like, this is just a fun time out of class <laughs> i just talk like a baby to get attention okay oh 29 inevitability 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 edward waits for bella to wake up and alice had convinced renee to go get lunch so that edward and bella could be alone together bella is still a dumb bitch and tries pulling out her tubing in the hospital <laughs> I'm sure she's still groggy at this point, yeah. but still, it's like, oh my God, stop. You know that goes to something, right? Edward comforts her and then tells her what they said happened. Gives her gives her all the deets on what the backstory is. The quote of the day is, given the way both her parents had accepted our story, not just that it was possible, but that it was somehow to be expected. If that's not some that would happen to me. My parents would be <laughs> like, like ah, she could fall down a flight of stairs and through a window. That that could happen. Yeah. That tells you how accident prone she really is. And my parents, I, I see that happening with me and my parents are super skeptical of everything but me falling, they're like, no, that definitely happened. That sounds like fate. I did fall through a patio deck one <laughs> like, you know, it does make sense. But then some sweet but weird flirting happens. I love this part though. <laughs> it's super, it's super cute. Bella, do I taste as good as I smell? That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> I'm like, Edward, you need to make it lighthearted. Why don't you joke with her? He says, it was impossible to stop. Impossible, but I did. And she, Wait, did she say that? One of them say it. Oh, was Edward? Yeah, that's him. And then, I must love you. And then she's like, don't I taste as good as I smell? And he's like, this is a serious moment, Bella. And oh. she's like, well, even better. It's like, <laughs> obviously she shouldn't be smiling. I'm like, Edward, shut the f- <laughs> you know, uh, what kills me about this book is like when one says I love you, the other one goes me too. And I'm like, that is so not how you do that. <laughs> They're not the perfect couple. They drive me crazy. Obviously. Because it's just because when you say I love you and you go me too, it just means that you love yourself. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking earlier when I read I'm that. The person who does like that. I mean, so. I do too, but like not in serious moments. And they're always like, I love you. Me too. Like, no, that's not how words work. Also, I like how we get through all that until fi- finally Bella goes, oh yeah, what happened to James? To the guy who's trying to kill me. We 
killed him. Mm-hmm. And then Bella worries about Alice and how the story is going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of Alice, I love how she's been uh, like avoiding Edward for like the past two chapters. Yeah. yeah, she's been avoiding. Edward doesn't know why just yet. They kiss and Bella. Are, uh. Edward and Bella kiss, not Alice and Bella kiss. <laughs> They kiss. They're not really related. It wouldn't be that bad, but... They kiss, and Bella is embarrassed by the heart monitor. And she turns green from having an IV in her arm. She's like, oh my god, needles. I love how, like, this has happened a few times within the last chapter in the epilogue, where he's like, you were almost killed by a murderous vampire, and you're scared of needles? You're scared of prom? Like, what's wrong? What kind of person are you? And she's like, I am who I am, honey. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't Obviously a weird ass human. That's yeah. what. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for me to get physically angry? At Renee? Yeah. Okay. Renee comes in with her title of a selfish mom being disputed. She decided to bring out the big guns in this scene. So she tells Bella they're going to live in Jacksonville now and how much she is going to love it there. Bella's like, whoa, 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 hold up. Yeah. (laughs) Bella's like, why aren't you asking me if I want to go, not just telling telling me? I mean, like, there's more to the story at this point, Renee. Like, you know more of the story. But hearing what happened earlier with Bella, like, running off and being like, I hate work. So I'm going to go down to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Like, all that. Like, I understand how she could be like, oh, Bella clearly doesn't want to live there anymore. But But enough has happened to kind of prove that, oh, she's okay. I feel like, though, even, I don't know, my parents aren't divorced, so I couldn't imagine this situation necessarily but i feel like even then like my mom this is a serious time she's in the hospital laying down and i feel like if it was my mom in this situation and me she would be like okay so this isn't working out for you right so why don't we try going down to florida this is an option now do you want to take it she would never be like we're doing this unless it's like i'm gonna make a really stupid life altering decision like i don't know going to a concert like a dangerous dangerous place and like going to sleep in a volcano or something i don't know like <laughs> i was wondering where we were going with i was trying to decide what i was gonna pick and then i was what like a risky situation could i put myself in yeah i'd be like i'm in the hospital bed no mom i want to go sleep in a volcano <laughs> you can't even walk right now <laughs> you can try you won't make it very far exactly what my mom would say to me okay try you won't get very far <laughs> but yeah renee's not MVP mother of the year. No, never will be. So then um, she glares and then thinks it's because of Edward. Like Renee literally glares. And I found that interesting choice of word because that means she's mad about it that her daughter's not going to Jacksonville with her. Because it's not going her way. It's very rare for that to happen. I'm trying to find that part in the book. Renee was just a little bit more evil. She'd be like, but think of everything I've done for you. Yeah. She still Mm -hmm. got some manipulation. She may not be like evil, but she's definitely manipulated. It says right here, Renee's eyes shifted to glare at me again. Mm -hmm. She obviously knows it's about the boy. But like... I also, I think of um, Renee's own personal experiences with Charlie and Mm -hmm. how she felt trapped up in Forks. And I think she's projecting a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. She then proceeds to worry that Bella is too much like Charlie for being intense in a relationship. Yeah, she says, and you're too much like Charlie, it's too soon. That's what Renee's thinking. After Bella reassures her it's just a crush, uh, Renee abandons her. 
hospitalized child to go talk to her husband. Yeah, this the what this one line where she what Renee's thinking says good. So she's not getting all intense and Charlie-ish about this. Like, damn Renee. And then <laughs> she's like, okay, well, uh look at the time. I gotta go. You're awake now, so you're good, right? All right. I was thinking about the logistics of this, like her leaving. Bella's still a minor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edward's a minor. Mm-hmm. Well, considered a minor. <laughs> like legally as far as we know. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the humans know, a minor. And we're just going to leave them be. Like, I don't know how legal that is. I feel like for the most part, I don't know if like a parent has to be in, like a hospital room with their child. I don't think they do. But should another minor still be in the hospital room with? I have no idea. See, I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder what laws are in place for that. I don't know. But also like earlier, where the heck is Carla? Carla still doesn't come back. He's just on another <laughs> wing having a fun old time. Like, Diagnosing all these poor people so if that wasn't bad enough while leaving she proceeds to flaunt the fact that she's been sleeping at the hospital and when bella says she can sleep at home she admits it's because of the crime in the neighborhood yeah i like how edward literally says that she's flaunting her good mother behavior he knows he knows i would roll my eyes at her i hate i'm pretty sure that that underneath where edward's pretending to nap he probably is rolling his eyes okay (laughs) i don't want a bunch of books from edward's perspective but i want to know about their trip down to florida uh whenever and edward went to go visit renee like like obviously he was just like sitting inside the whole time Mm -hmm. but i want to know how fed up he was with renee's the whole time yeah like, he was like trying not to roll his eyes all the time try not to fight her he's like this is the mother of the woman i love i'm not gonna be angry well speaking of other books in edward's perspective i was on tiktok earlier and found a tiktok where someone said go google uh twilight the missing pieces where a person has written all of like edward's point of view from multiple all the books like they've added stuff to like to midnight song that stephanie my wrote but they've also written every of the Damn other fiction. books yeah that's a fun time. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah. So I also put in my note, I hate her. Then she decides, oh, well, I guess I need to do laundry and throw away the milk. It's been in there for months. Yeah, why didn't they clean that out when they That's, left? She said, I need to throw away the milk. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, same. I was gagging at the thought of milk sitting in there for months. But and like, Bella yeah. moved in January. And I, I don't know when Renee and Bill, uh, Bill moved, but that's a long time for milk to just be sitting in your fridge. It is. Once her and the nurse leave, Edward tells Bella she's he's shocked she didn't want to go to Florida away from him. Bella's like, WTF, what are you talking about? Like, we're We're in this, right? We're a thing. I'm like, Like, I know I'm going to sleep for a while, but... She's like, I can't go to Florida. You wouldn't be able to come outside. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be a real vampire. He's like, I'm going to stay in Forks. No, that's not going to work. That's not going to work, Edward. No. Bella becomes upset at the thought of Edward leaving her. Edward decides that he should wait until she recovers at least to bring it up again. Yeah, and he does that by telling the nurse that she needs to have her pain medication. Yeah. They argue over whether he should turn her. Edward figures out that Alice had told her about the turning process, which is why she's been avoiding him for like the last few chapters. They continue to argue and Edward presses the call button for her to get more meds. Pissed, be like, we were at the middle of a discussion. Exactly, like, Bella. Now we're not. Discussion Bella. ended. Now I love how the line where he's like, Bella, we're not having this discussion anymore. I refuse to damn you to an eternity of night, and that's the end of it. He's just over it. Bella's like, she's, she's like, if you think this is the end, you don't know me very exactly. well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're not the only vampire I know, and she's just testing him. <laughs> 
he tells her they can argue about it again when she wakes up and she's like, okay. And then goes to sleep. Be like, hopefully she doesn't remember this conversation at all. And that was the end of chapter 29, Inevitability, Mm -hmm. uh, which goes along with an impasse. Yeah. There's a lot of arguing about forever and promises and promises he makes that obviously he breaks. I will never leave you, except I eventually will. Uh He could have not promised her those things Mm -hmm. and it would not have held much weight. She could have been like, you'll never leave me, right? And he'd be like, I can't predict the future. And she's like, well, Alice can. Yep, she can. (laughs) End it there. Yeah. But no, he's going to be like, no, I won't ever leave you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He thinks he can still, for some reason, walk away from this. This this Mm -hmm. paragraph, though, was interesting in this chapter. Chapter says, I'll be the first to admit that I have no experience with relationships. Bella's words flowed quickly, worried about what she'd given away, trying to distract me. But it just seems logical. A man and a woman have to be somewhat equal, as in one of them can't always be yes. swooping in and saving the other one. They have to save each other equally. Yeah. I didn't make any notes of that, but I remember listening to it yesterday and um, about her kind of wanting to, she said something about, I don't want to be, always be Lois yeah, Lane. She I says, be Superman. Yeah, she says, I can't always be Lois Lane. I want to be Superman uh-huh. too. And then clearly, like, she doesn't do too much. I think she pulls a few moves. I mean, obviously, she saves Edward in a way in New Moon. And she pulls a few moves trying to distract, I guess, in Eclipse. And then she comes out during Breaking Dawn and being like, I'm going to shield my whole family with my funky superpowers right now. Yeah. She's pulling a saving the day right there. So she lives up to it a little bit. Mm -hmm. It takes her four books. She's also a human in a vampire world. Like, I don't blame her for that. She's going to be a damsel for a while. But I, I like vampires. Bella I really do yeah I think there's a lot more confidence there there is which I always like better than this whole oh okay like I'm not pretty I'm not very smart but I'm not like other girls either over that yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, just her like her confronting Edward being like so you don't want don't wish that Carlisle saved you he's like well no but like I was everything was over for me and he's like but that's not true for you She's like, but I can give that stuff up, essentially. So She just doesn't hold a lot of weight to her own life and the things in her life. She's like, well, Edward, your life is my life now. So Yeah, go. no, she latched on and she's like, I'm not letting go. And they've been dating for a week. And I would like to say most of the time they weren't even together. No. They were just thinking about each other. If you overthink the timeline of all this, it's very strange. I agree. Also, like, like a few months from now, he leaves her. Mm-hmm. And then a little while after that, but less than a year after that, they get married. Yeah. And have a baby. Mm-hmm. And almost die. This this also like kind of like this part where she calls him stupid or she says what he says is stupid about um her talking about like she's going to die. It might not be today, but it'll be soon. He's like, that's how it's supposed to happen, how it should happen. Like if he didn't exist. And sh- she's like, that's stupid. That's like going to someone who's won the lottery, taking their money and saying, look, let's just go back to how things should be. It's better that way. She's Edward, like, I don't look. know why you're trying to buy this. Like, <laughs> tell her how it is. LOL. Pull back. Him saying, I'm hardly a lottery fly- a prize. And she's like, yeah, I know. No, you're better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Bella. Um, so we we've read a lot. Yes. We've watched a lot of other forms of media. Yes. And I feel like at this point, like we have invested ourselves enough to know what we like and know what we don't like and know what we are tired of seeing and what we want to see more. So a few years ago, I was on Tumblr a lot, as we all were yeah. in the 2010s era. <laughs> Me still on and Tumblr. <laughs> I don't get on there. I, I was looking through stuff recently, and this is how I found this. And I had made a post. This was probably early 
College about, uh, it's called Writing Inspiration Tropes. And it's about tropes that I want to see more or stuff that I was kind of fed up with seeing. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read each of them and y'all can add like whether you agree, disagree, um, if you have seen this somewhere, if you have anything to add, like, but what if it was like this? Yeah. So I'm just going to read them. So the first one I wrote is the good guy gets the girl. So it's the cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Yeah. That's not really seen a lot. Like I can't think of anything. Uh, I've seen it in like comics, like Eastern, uh-huh. Asian like, comics, but like mainstream media. Yeah. You do not see that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a lot of Asian, Eastern, Asian. <laughs> That's a lot. It's of a, a lot trope. of them. But <laughs> also, with that being said, in our culture, we have the nice guy, and I mean nice guy is in the guy that's like the five hundred days of summer guy, where yeah. he thinks he's this great guy, and mm-hmm. he's, he's like, I'm the nice guy, mm-hmm. and then he's just a total dick. And well, he's just yeah, I would say a good guy. That's the usual trope for here yeah. is that there you have the nice guy uh-huh. and then the other guy and then the nice guy turns out to be an asshole. I just yeah. want <laughs> someone who's just like wholesome and always there. And like when he is a dick, it's it's not serious. Yeah. You know, I, I personally don't see that in anything that mm-hmm. I have viewed. So I don't think I've seen anything in like yeah. our mainstream. Yeah. You know, because everyone still goes for the broody bad guy. Yep. Yeah. And I kind of added, I guess this is added to this. The bad guy trope is overrated. Good guys need a chance. After all, who is always there for the girl? Not everyone can change. So you can't always change the bad guy. See, yeah, I've dealt with this in my personal life. Uh-huh. I mean, I think a lot of girls have and I feel like it's such a bad message to give. Yeah. Like, because you don't... who loves a really dark broody boy mm-hmm. in fictional works um, for myself personally in real life I don't would not go for that no, no. because it's it's time consuming and it doesn't work out it's toxic it is very toxic yep. I've been in a relationship like that and you're just prolonging the inevitable mm-hmm. so yeah I don't necessarily like that trope sometimes it works like if you give me uh, Thomas Shelby from Peaky Blinders I'm gonna mm-hmm. fall in love with him every time and he's the bad boy yeah I mean he's a gang leader but and I mean I can think of like a whole bunch that like mm-hmm. they're the bad guys but they're like they have a moral yeah. compass and I think that's uh-huh. this is one where like I'm not tired of reading it and viewing it mm-hmm. I think I was at this time because of what I was yeah like, investing myself in but there are certain characters who mm-hmm. are like evil and some are just straight up evil in a way mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm like okay that's fine with me like yeah. take me the next one I have is titled a different kind of love triangle give the reader a twist with your love triangle uh, make it boy girl girl or girl girl boy make it interesting yeah. or like they're all in love with each other like I know. make it interesting let's make a thruple, a thruple. I love a good thruple <laughs> So I've been, um, I play episode. It's a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh my gosh. I got invested in like episode and um, there was another one that I played for a while. Mm-hmm. And in one of the ones I'm reading. Jim with the ruffle. There was a thruple. It wasn't yes! the main characters, but there was a thruple. It was like the character's best friend was like insane. And she was like in love with the love interest, two best friends, mm-hmm. a guy and a girl. And she was like, I need them. I need both of them. Yeah. I can't, I can't just pick one. I've read like one book where there is a thruple and like earlier on, I didn't know it was going to be a thruple. And I was like, I don't know who I like together because I thought it was love triangle. But then I was like, oh, they're all in love with each other anyway. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really work with just two together. So they all need, need to, to be, be together. together. Well, I'm okay with well, it. Well, there's like this uh, show, 
a show that I happened to watch from Thailand on YouTube that I thought they were all going to end in a thruple because it started out like two on two. So it's one guy between it's a guy and a guy. And then that's one of the first guys with a girl. And then they all got together at one point. I was like, okay, is it going to stay this way? And no, it no. didn't. I was like, damn it. It's very complicated, I feel, <laughs> <Yeah>. in society. <laughs> it's super. I but mean, like me personally, a lot of opinions. I don't always understand it. And I could never be in one personally because that's just like, there's not a lot of jealousy. Yeah. And see, like, I'm not a jealous person, but the person I'm with has to absolutely be all about me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't just kind of. That was the whole reason they broke up in the shows because there was a lot yeah. of jealousy. Yeah. So. I mean, it makes sense. But with that being said, this thruple is like insane and hilarious. Every time mm-hmm. they're on, on the screen, I'm like, yeah. this is hilarious. And I, I love it. Yeah. I know. And it's usually always the trope of two different guys going after the same girl. Yeah. And it gets old real fast. If it could be like there's there's one girl at the top of the triangle and then there's a guy after her and another girl, that'd be a fun time or like the other way. Or if, you know, girl is after boy A, boy A is after boy B, boy B is after girl. That's so much fun. Yeah. Like, give it to me. I'd love that. I, I, I love messy stuff, though. Yeah, that sounds very so messy. Like, with that being said, though, because I watch like or I watch animes and manga and stuff, I do like a good hair. We love it. I mean, it really works. I've read some questionable books lately where that is a conversation. In the anime world, it's a pretty good trope. Is it? I mean, like, I don't know, but I feel like tropes I'm tired of seeing in like American media versus tropes that I really like in like Asian media. Yeah. Yeah. It's so different. They do it differently. They do it differently and great. Like, my dad was like, we were talking the other day. There was, it was raining. He was like, have you ever seen a man carry an umbrella? And I was like, I have. And mom. I mean, that's a thing. Every manga I've ever watched that's modern day, they have to share an umbrella together and one gets wet. And so you have to, they inevitably get a cold with a fever and you have to go take care of them. It's not even a manga. It's in like all... That's just like a reused storyline. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like in every free, like Asian show, it doesn't have to be manga or anime. It could be real life shows too. So every time it rains, you're like, I know what's about to happen. (laughs) Yeah. it's literally a girl walks outside, looks off, and goes, crap, hooks their... I forgot my umbrella. Yeah, they put their book back over their head, and then all of a sudden, you see an umbrella come into the screen, and it's like, yep, here we go. Oh, my goodness. And he shares his umbrella so much that he gets wet, and then gets sick, and then you have to... She has to go take care of him. Oh, my yeah. God. And then they're... And sometimes, also, if they don't happen to have an umbrella, it's always they take off whatever jacket they're wearing and hold it over the yeah. both of them. Yeah, it's always that, too. Okay, the next one I have is a platonic friendship between the boy and the girl. There are no romantic feelings. I said, it's possible, you know, not every guy and girl want to jump each other's bones. See, I would like this a lot because I have a lot of platonic friendship, mm-hmm. like platonic relationships yeah. with guys. Like, and I feel like it should be more normalized. It really should. Even and it doesn't in, happen a lot. In so many different uh, media forms, like even if it's starts off platonic or like you kind of think it's platonic someone catches feelings or like there's some history and i'm like can we why can't we be friends like why can't we just be friends i feel like there it definitely is terrible happening in american media i think there's some asian shows that it happens more often in. i mean there's still there's not stuff that i watch yeah there's still not as much but i feel like usually because they'll end up having like this big group of friends Mm -hmm. yeah and then it's mixed just uh, of girls and guys so usually there's a lot more of that that 
the book I wrote this past uh, Camp NaNoWriMo in April, and I kind of wanted to shift a bunch of tropes. I do have a very platonic friendship between a guy and a girl. And like people ask them like, oh, aren't you two dating? And they're, they like scoff at it. They're like, no, no, we would never. Mm-hmm. They've also known each other since they were babies. Like their moms are best friends. Mm-hmm. They were each other's first kiss, but they were five. And yeah, it don't really nothing. And yeah. they just root for each other all the time. And I'm like, I need that and the stuff that I read and watch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's very strange that we don't normalize male and female mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. Or platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I have a lot of guy friends yeah. that I've never even remotely thought about in that That's way. That's why it comes up to the whole point of if you're nice to a guy, they always think you're flirting with yeah. them. Uh, the next one is not forgiving the soulmate. If he risked your life or your brother's life, don't just think it's okay because you two are written in the stars. Your character has a right to be angry. We just apologize way too much and way too fast whenever I agree. the person we love hurts us or someone that we love. And I'm like, no, you need to be angry. You need to not talk to mm-hmm. them, yell at them, take it out on them a little bit, give them some Let them explain it and you can understand it, but don't just immediately forgive them. Yeah. And I am sick of this one. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense, but the whole reason it happens so quickly is because to get the rest of the book or the rest of the series like going, like that's Mm -hmm. the whole point of that. Yeah. Uh, The next one says complete opposite of love at first sight. I said, okay, maybe a little more typical, but it doesn't even have to be hate. In real life, it is perfectly possible possible for people to not even notice their attraction towards each other until later down the line. So you just know this person, whether you're friends, acquaintances, you just know Mm -hmm. that person. And maybe you're like, yeah, he's hot or whatever, but you never act on it or never think about it until way later down the line. I feel like this happens, does happen but it happens more often in TV shows or movies. I love it though. I see, uh, I know one guy I watch on YouTube, he does like book and movie adaptations and Mm -hmm. book reviews and he cannot stand the hate at first sight and then like you wind up loving each other. I love that. I mean, I do too. Like, I really do. I get invested in it, mm-hmm. in it but um, it's not yeah. realistic. No. It's fascinating, though, because you're just like, how did we get from point A to point B? And, like, mm. I'm talking characters who want to murder each other first yeah. off, who, like, think about different ways they can take the other one out, and then mm-hmm. they end up falling in love. But I also love just, like, hey, yeah, we know each other. Mm-hmm. We're not close. We're not friends or anything. And then something happens to mm-hmm. kind of lead them down that road. With that being said, I really like Bride and prejudice the way it was set up because it's a kind of hate at first sight kind of thing which yes. I mean it wasn't immediately but yeah Darcy did dis I've, I've just read so many books where it's haters yeah. to lovers and I'm like yeah. every time I'm like <gasps> but yeah a really good like modern rom-com book that has that is um the, ha- the hating game the hating game that one took me two days to listen to it's so good but like they they hate each other and she's like thinking mm-hmm. of ways to off him not that she's gonna do it because it's like an office setting but she's it, thinking about it a lot yeah <laughs> Yes. There's a lot and of fantasies it, involved. <laughs> it comes quickly to that point where you kind of realize that there has been an attraction towards each other, which mm-hmm. they've kind of served as hate this whole time. But really, they're yeah. into each other. Um, the next one is the parents aren't absent. I said, make the mom cool or strict. Make the dad fun or an asshat. Just don't have them dead all the time or off on business. And basically, parents just never had any idea what's it's, going on. Yeah, in yeah. You speaking of like how 
having them dead. I feel like a lot of books that I've read like recently or like over the years, like I'll read like the back cover or whatever to get an idea of what the book is about. And it's always one or the other parent is dead. Yeah. Parents like are most of the time, I feel, involved in their children's lives. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that with a lot of stories. It just doesn't work out. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, have a parent who's in on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so much fun. Like, I've written that before, and it's yeah. so much fun to have the parent, like, conspiring with the kid. With that being said, I do have one book that I've worked on mm-hmm. where the parents are there. Their daughter's totally insane, by the way. So it just kind of like, they're just like, oh, okay. But they go on a business, but they do have, like, one business trip, and it has to happen yeah. at that time. Otherwise, yeah. a plot doesn't like, go. It's really just for convenience. Yeah, it is convenient. And I mean, that's fine. But Mm -hmm. I'm like, I do want to see more present parents Mm -hmm. in uh, media forms. Well, that also brings me to like one of the shows that I watched, which is Scom, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that the web based show. So to me, like in other like TV shows, we do see the parents there. Mm -hmm. But like, because this is literally focused directly on their individual lives, you quite literally never see any adults present in this show, Mm -hmm. no matter which country of it from the only time i've ever seen a parent show up was in i think season two of the italian version and it was Mm -hmm. the main character's mom was there and that's the only time i've ever seen a parent involved in that show um i'm trying to think of a show where the parents were involved in like a like it's kind of positive i'm thinking of teen wolf right now oh yeah because i feel Mm -hmm. like his mom kind of gets involved and she helps out and i'm like i need that like, mm-hmm. And obviously Styles' dad, yeah, Styles' dad, and everything. Allison's dad is involved in a whole different way at the beginning, but I really like that dynamic and some of the other characters' parents come into play. Unlike where you have like Pretty Little Liars, I'm just talking about teen shows I watched when I was younger, where the parents like they have their own going on and they have no idea what's happening in their daughter's lives. Yeah, it's like really bad stuff happening in their daughter's lives, and they don't get involved until like it's basically too late. And I'm yeah, like, oh, I mean Riverdale is kind of like a mix of that. Riverdale. Yeah. Although they got their own, too. yeah, Riverdale is just it's a, a cluster, it's a cluster. First season, yeah. great, yeah, after that, yeah, I could care less. Yeah. I liked, I think I like, I don't know which season I, I ended up on, but I think I liked the second season, or I hated it. I, I got halfway through stuff pretty early on, and mm-hmm. I was hope I was hoping it went with my prediction, but I was also hoping they could twist it on me, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. And then the third season, I was like, what the. F- is this yeah the third season was oh i didn't even get that far i got i think halfway or almost halfway through season two and quit watching it so i don't know which one i ended on whenever archie's dad got shot shot, i just didn't know if we wanted to spoil anything for somebody (laughs) insert spoiler (laughs) he just gets shot that's all you need to know yeah archie's dad got shot Mm -hmm. Uh, that's when i I mean obviously we know that the actor is no longer with us but um that was earlier on in the show where he gets shot that's so it was like second season yeah i think so because i was still watching okay so i stopped at the beginning of the second season yeah yeah but um yeah the parents are on that show they still got their own going on but they do get involved yeah with but like the the high schoolers act like they're not in high school (laughs) oh yeah yeah. that's another huge trip most of the time they don't look like they're in high school either Mm -hmm. yeah because they (laughs) always cast people who are much older than what the characters are we're talking to you chad michael murray we love you one tree hill was amazing that's not the worst one i've seen though 
No, it's not. I, I watch Glee. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. They're in nope. high school? Yes. yes. They're sophomores in high school. I thought it was like a Glee club in a college or something. No. no. Never, it's high school. I've never sat they down and actually. They're supposed to be 16 years old. I've seen like bits and pieces, but I've never like no. sat down. Oh, my goodness. Like actors were in their late 20s. Um, I think Corey Monteith was 30 whenever he started. And then you look at Greece. Yeah. They don't look like they're in high school. Mm -mm. And I understand it was a different time, Mm -hmm. but they still don't look like they're in high school. So there's another trope for you. Yeah. Also, more like movies and TV. Yeah. Yeah. But Chad Michael Murray was in his 30s in One True Hill. And then like Nathan, the guy that played Nathan, I can't remember. He was young. He was 17. Mm -hmm. So it was like a very, it was a huge age difference. Yeah. The next one I have is he or she is not the chosen one. Make it their best friend. Make it so that half the story, your protagonist, thinks they're Harry Harry Potter and bam it's really Neville. Actually that is in one of the books. That's in was it Carry On by Rainbow Rowell? Oh is that what that's about? I, I Yeah, I think it's almost exactly like that. I haven't finished reading it, but... So Rainbow already did that for us? So I'm pretty sure, like, he, like, at the beginning, when I was reading it, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm the chosen one. But I'm pretty sure by the end, they're like, no, no, you're not. Oh. Well, yeah, I still want to see that more, where <laughs> we follow the best friend of the chosen one or something. Like, I, I want it to be different. I'm tired of the main character being the chosen one. That being said, as an author, I'm still going to write the main character as the chosen one half the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just a trope that you fall into and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the next one kind of follows that saying, your superpower isn't super special or unique. Like the chosen one, your protagonist doesn't have to be the only one who is bulletproof. Maybe everyone is. So I feel like I've read books where the main character isn't yeah, as powerful. I'm not saying these are unique yeah. Uh, yeah, tropes like... that I came up with when I was 18. I'm just saying um, this is stuff that I thought about and I'm like, yeah, I want to see that. I feel like I've read a few books like that. Over... What bothers me is like the overpowered characters. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like the vampires in Twilight. Mm-hmm. They're way too overpowered. Yeah. I've read somewhere like the main character can do f- everything mm-hmm. like oh yeah can shoot fire ice heal people and i'm like you're doing too much you mm-hmm. really are hold back on some of it don't let everyone know all your cards like hold some close to you um the next one i said is she isn't super self-conscious i said don't make her the biggest bitch in the universe but some of us are tired of reading about characters boring appearances and dowdy hairstyles yeah <laughs> make her a hot bitch and i think after this i read some characters who were like that and i was like yes girl get it mm-hmm Having said, I always like that kind of character anyway, which kind of leads me to the next one. The mean girl isn't ideal. There's the more popular, she turns good kind of thing, but a lot of people are just misunderstood. And also remember, bullies have been bullied themselves. Yeah, I guess going with the mean girl isn't just mean. I don't know if I've read any. I feel like I have read some that where they absolutely hate each other. Like she is the mean girl to the mm-hmm. main character, but they end up being friends by the end. Yeah. I love, um, I'm rewatching Buffy right now and Cordelia is absolutely horrible. And she's still horrible, even after she knows everything. Like, she's still horrible, but she ends yeah. up helping out when she wants to. And I'm <laughs> like, I want that. I think it's a fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have, they fall in love in a day. I said, it can be done, I promise. Just do it right. If you spend 24 hours with someone, either in a heightened situation or going around doing things that you or the other person likes, real feelings can actually occur. I don't know if it's love. No. I don't think yeah. so. Um, I was in a different state of being when I wrote this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like if I 
spent all day with a person, you know, either in a life or death situation or like doing fun things. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed doing it with them or like, I was like, wow, we made it out of this alive. Yeah. yeah. I would develop some sort of feeling. There's a person. trauma bond to that. Like yeah. yeah. I think it's like transference is the name yes. of it. Mm-hmm. You may think you have feelings for somebody, consider them your savior. Mm-hmm. So you're like transferring yeah. these feelings. But um, I guess I just thought people were doing it wrong and they, people were falling out in love too fast. Well, I mean, like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, that spanned three f- days. Yeah. I mean, mm. Twilight. There's a little bit of build up to Twilight, but not a lot. The next one I have is, I said, stop it with the eyes. Stop mentioning his eyes. They're there. I promise. <laughs> oh, and yep, he's still hot. So is she. They're both gifts, gifts from God. I guess I was tired of being like, oh, the cerulean eyes captured me in there. Mm-hmm. Their warmth or whatever. I guess I was over it. You're yeah. like, yeah, I would be too. I am over it. But, like, I understand why authors do that. Like, mm-hmm. it's just what, what you do. I mean, like, when you love, you want to stare into each other's eyes or whatever well that and it's also like what are the first things that pop out to you when you look at that person so mm-hmm. and then the last one i have on this post was she's a badass but can't kick ass i Ugh. said this is my favorite and i'm still trying to instill in my own protagonist maybe she's a tech genius maybe she's just very good with words and i was like i'm tired of the girls just being able to fight i want them to like be smart or be very spoken mm-hmm. i just thought that would be fun to yeah watch i think the the thing I can only think of one series I think that happens in. And it's a like a YA true crime kind of series. Yeah. I think it's called The Naturals, which I haven't read the last book and I've had it over a year. That, that it's kind of like that, that mm-hmm. they're all exceptionally smart people that were mm-hmm. recruited by the FBI. And like she is essentially a, a badass, but she can't kick ass. Yeah. Like someone who is in a situation where they might die and they can't just like throw a punch and kick. Like they got to figure out something to do. Yeah. To get themselves That's exactly what happens you know to what her in the first book. You know what you're describing right now? What? Veronica Mars. Oh, yeah. Veronica can kick ass a little bit. Not much, though. Yeah. Well, not I in the season in a while. Like the earlier seasons. Mm. Mm. Love Veronica Mars. I love Veronica Mars, too. But that's all I have as far as tropes. Unless but, you know, doesn't that also include Penelope Garcia from Criminal Minds? Oh, yeah. Yes. Huh? Like, I wrote, because um, at the time I was watching a lot of Arrow, I wrote Felicity Smoke, and Penelope is basically the same character as Felicity yeah. earlier on. Like, someone who's just really intelligent yeah. and can solve okay. things. So I, brain saw one, smarts. <laughs> I saw one that I really enjoyed, speaking of Penelope Garcia, is about intelligent characters and how to write intelligent characters. Mm-hmm. And I'll go with the Big Bang Theory, Sheldon and mm-hmm. Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds compared to like people like Thomas Shelby mm-hmm. in Piggy Blinders. So Sheldon and Spencer Reed are both jargon-based. Yes. Yeah. Like they say a bunch of just random facts and mm-hmm. stuff. And they're not always correct by the way and that's what drives me they nuts they sound smart they sound smart like in one episode of Criminal Minds uh, he's saying this was written in Old English and like it's not Old English it is nowhere near Old English it's modern English with an old twist to it mm-hmm. like what we would consider Shakespearean English that was a writer mistake yeah I was about to say that's probably yeah, a writer I mean, mistake it's, it's writer mistakes but also that makes your characters sound less intelligent than what they're supposed it, it to does. be yeah and I mean I get it you're writing for a series but also take a Thomas Shelby from Peaky Blinders he's a gang leader he is super smart Mm -hmm. it's always it's never jargon based Mm -hmm. it's never like education or anything is why he's doing like he's not well educated but he just knows how to figure out 
things and figure out people. And I enjoy that a lot more. Yeah. I feel like a trope is we're just going to throw some jargon mm-hmm. for this we're smart gonna character. Sound smart. Yeah, we're going to make them smart. sound smart, but we're not going to actually oh, I have a 186 IQ mm-hmm. or whatever, but not like actually show yeah, the smartness. female character that I was talking about with my last one that I have written. Obviously, I'm writing her and mm-hmm. I'm not as smart as her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that out there. She's a lot more like her IQ is higher than mine. So I can't write that. Yeah. And so I'm not going to try and make her say or it's from first person, even like think very, you know, specific mm-hmm. smart people things. But like some of the stuff that she does, which I need to work on doing some research and how it could work out and how she gets herself out of situations yeah shows off her intelligence that's what i want i don't want these falsely smart characters Mm -hmm. that are just like all straight book smarts yeah and i mean like just not even book smarts because the writers don't even give a care to like actually research it and give you the accuracy because do your research because as a nerd myself and i mean i'm not as smart as these characters are supposed to be but i see like flaws and errors and things they say and i'm like that's not right. Yeah. That being said, Bella Swan, there's nothing to show for the intelligence <laughs> no. that we, we, we hear, hear about. about. No, there's nothing. Nothing to show. Oh, she's a smart girl. Book smart, common sense. I don't see any of it. Just knows it. how to read books. Yeah. <laughs> She knows how to read. (laughs) That's her defining quality of intelligence. So our next episode is the last one discussing Midnight Sun. Yes. And we will be discussing the epilogue titled An Occasion. We will also be discussing our final thoughts and we will be telling any fun stories or just fun little tidbits we have involving the Twilight universe and discussing the impact Twilight had as well as announcing our fan cast, our rough fan cast for a Twilight like remake or if we casted the movie rather mm-hmm. and we will also be announcing what you should expect next season yeah i'm so excited and details on our vampire media episode coming up yes Woo woo! Mm-hmm. so we hope you all enjoyed and we will talk to you next time bye